In an interview recently, President Donald Trump called for the jailing of Obama administration officials involved in the Obamagate scandal. And yes, Donald Trump has said it was all the way to the top. It was Obama. It was Biden. So perhaps a little strong to say, but perhaps not unfair to report as the Daily Mail did. Trump demands jail for corrupt Obama and Biden over unmasking of hero Michael Flynn and says Biden lied to ABC's George Stephanopoulos when he denied knowing anything about the case. Now, if you've been following the mainstream media, they will tell you Obamagate is fake news. Donald Trump is just trying to distract you like he always does. It's a familiar tale with Trump. Well, that's not true, unfortunately. I found that many of these mainstream media articles talking about Obamagate don't actually tell you what it is. And they try to argue not even Trump supporters can tell you what Obamagate is. Well, that's actually kind of fair. You see, the story is so complicated going back several years with dozens of individuals involved. Yeah, it is a very difficult story to tell. But let me give you a very simplified version. First and foremost, Obamagate is not fake news. There are very strange happenings very, very, very uh, important questions that must be answered. Why did Barack Obama know about the investigation into Michael Flynn before the Department of Justice? Why did Joe Biden seek to unmask the name of Michael Flynn in violation of his Fourth Amendment rights? Who leaked Michael Flynn's name to the press? But more importantly, the question that must be asked above all other questions, why was the FBI trying to get Michael Flynn fired? That is your wedge in the door. I said it before, I'll say it again. To anybody who is unfamiliar with Obamagate, can't wrap their head around it because it is complicated or doubts it, I ask you this. Start here. Why was Michael Flynn being investigated? There are many answers. The reason the charges against him are being dropped is because it appears there was no investigatory basis for questioning Michael Flynn. More importantly, though, if they really did want to go after Michael Flynn with the Logan Act, something that's never been done before, why would they say they want to get him fired. Which brings me to the main news. Trump saying they're corrupt and demanding jail time. While many people will assert it's fake, please just answer me the question about getting someone fired because there is no answer. You pull on that thread, see where it leads you. Well, Donald Trump certainly has strong opinions. So let's do this. I want to take a look at this story. We've also got many stories about how this negatively impacting Joe Biden. This is one of the things Democrats are really scared about, that Trump's messaging is working that the story being told is working, even though the mainstream press will tell you it's fake news. It is, in fact, working. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. The best thing you can do, share this video. Because like I mentioned, the mainstream press won't tell you what's actually going on. They'll deflect, they'll lie. And not all of them. There are some good people. But many of these big stories are calling it fake news. And I'm going to show you a bunch of these big outlets. But if you just want to watch the video, then subscribe, hit the like button, hit the notification bell. And hopefully that's enough to make sure YouTube actually shows you the videos because believe it or not, earlier today, I had one of my videos shadow banned by YouTube, which is kind of scary. I'm willing to bet the, the stories I'm doing like this one are going to result in me getting banned. I, I really do believe it. It goes against the grain, against the mainstream narrative. So I'll say it one more time. If you really, if you really want to support this video, do your best to share it. You, you, you owe me nothing. You don't have to, but I don't think I'll be long for this platform. And I, I mean that literally. And honestly, let's read the news. The Daily Mail reports, Donald Trump demanded Sunday morning that former President Barack Obama and former Vice President Joe Biden face jail time for involvement in the Michael Flynn case. Quote, it was the greatest political crime in the history of our country, Trump said of his prede- predecessor and Biden, the presumed Democratic nominee. 
If I were a Democrat instead of a Republican, I think everybody would have been in jail a long time ago. And I'm talking with 50 year sentences. The president continued. It is a disgrace what's happened. This is the greatest political scam, a hoax in the history of our country. And people should be going to jail for this stuff. And hopefully a lot of people are going to have to pay. Biden and Obama reportedly knew about the FBI seeking an investigation into the incoming national security advisor and then administration uh, and then and the then administration, Obama, purportedly requested to unmask the identity of Flynn. Trump lauded the case being dropped against General Flynn, who had already pleaded guilty under oath, and the president called him a hero for dealing with the charges. The gist of the story, and I'll tell you what, it is complicated. The FBI sought to close its investigation of Michael Flynn on January 4th. That same day, someone in the FBI, Peter Strzok, requested they leave it open. The next day, Obama's chief of staff sought to unmask the identity of Michael Flynn, meaning they were they had access to communications of his that they had incidentally received by spying on someone else. But but you're not allowed to see who this person is. The chief of staff for Obama sought to figure out who this person was, revealing that it was Michael Flynn. Obama then had a meeting with Comey, Biden, Sally Yates, Susan Rice, some other people where the Logan Act was brought up. The Logan Act says you can't claim to represent the U.S. abroad. The law has never been used. They used this as a pretext to go after Michael Flynn. Someone in the administration, at the very least, this is what we have, illegally leaked the information to the press, who then created the story, which probably freaked Michael Flynn out, who in, a, an, in an informal meeting lied to the FBI. Or may have, we don't know. The FBI 302 is missing. These, 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 we have very serious questions. Where's the FBI's uh, 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 302 form? Basically, their form pertaining to uh, what happened with Michael Flynn. Gone. Where's the evidence? These questions need to be answered at the very least. Obamagate is a real scandal. Perhaps, as the mainstream media would like to believe, there's nothing here, and it all ends up a big nothing burger. Okay, well, right now, we need these questions answered. These are very serious charges and very strange things that we we can't quite understand. Let's read some more. Quote, this was all Obama. This was all Biden. These people were corrupt. The whole thing was corrupt, and we caught them. During a wide-range interview with Sunday Morning Futures, Trump also said he watched Biden's response to the allegations that he knew about the investigation and intent to prosecute during his interview with ABC News' George Stephanopoulos. Quote, I watched Biden yesterday, could barely speak. And he said he didn't know anything about it. And now it just gets released right after he said that. It gets released. He was one of the unmaskers, meaning he knew everything about it. So he lied to your friend, George Stephanopoulos, the president charged. We don't know for a fact what Joe Biden knew, but this is true. In an interview with George Stephanopoulos, Joe Biden said, I don't know anything about these investigations. When pressed, when George Stephanopoulos said you were in the meeting, he says, oh, I thought you meant the prosecution. Oh, no, I only knew about the investigation. Then it turns out because of the declassification of some documents, we now learned that Joe Biden on January 12th, the same day the Washington Post published the name of Michael Flynn, Joe Biden sought to unmask Flynn. I can only presume it was to confirm the story. I do not believe Joe Biden to be the leaker, but somebody provided this information to the press in violation of the Fourth Amendment rights of Michael Flynn. And Joe Biden did lie about it. He said he was he was pressed. He backtracked. I believe I believe he's lying. They go to talk about uh, COVID and a bunch of other issues, but let's keep this one focused on what's happening with Obamagate. Here's what you can expect to hear from the press. The Washington Post. Trump's 
playbook on Obamagate is extremely and dubiously familiar, basically equating it to how we told Hillary Clinton you'd be in jail, saying it's just old Trumpian tactics. But wait, there's more. How about this one? from Vox. Trump's latest Fox business interview was an elaborate distraction campaign. Trump wants to change the topic from coronavirus to conspiracy theories, and Fox is helping him out. They've also written uh, other stories, Aaron Rupar of Vox, claiming that Obamagate is fake. But what I love about all of these stories is that they don't actually tell you what Obamagate is. They don't give you the fair assessment. There are certainly some well-known mainstream sources that do, and we'll get to that. CNN what Trump is trying to achieve with Obamagate. Let's read a little bit of this one. This is from uh, Julian Zelizer, political analyst. He says, with the nation in the middle of a horrendous pandemic, President Trump has decided to devote much of his time fueling the Obamagate conspiracy. Trump went on a Twitter rampage last week. But when a Washington Post reporter pressed Trump earlier this week to explain what Obama did, the president failed to clarify and said, you know what the crime is. The crime is obvious to everybody. All you have to do is read the newspapers, except yours. On Saturday morning, he started the day with a tweet that inaccurately stated scandal has defined the Obama administration. Donald Trump didn't clarify. That's true. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean he did or didn't know or understand. It just means he didn't give a good answer. And you can criticize him for it. That was his opportunity to rail into Obama. He didn't do it. I think he should have. Bad move, Trump. Oh, well, what, what, what do you want from the guy? Obama gates real, unfortunately. But I love this part here. It inaccurately stated that scandal has defined the Obama administration. I'm, sh- I'm sorry. I believe that is very, very accurate. Did you know that during the Obama administration, they were spying on uh, foreign leaders, apparently on the Senate, on members of Congress? Yeah, Obama had a lot of scandals. How about the extrajudicial assassinations? I'm not going to get too much into this stuff. But let me just point out that Obama had a lot of scandals. I mean, Benghazi, these things happened under Obama. He did have many, many scandals. How about the National Defense Authorization Act? The indefinite detention provisions. Yeah, they existed. But CNN won't tell you that. Here's one from The New Yorker. Obamagate is niche programming for Trump superfans. Well, this one, unfortunately, is actually kind of fair. You know why? It is incredibly difficult to explain what's going on with Obamagate to the average person. To the people who are in the weeds and have been following this for years, there's a lot to know. There's a lot to understand. I have been asked several times since I did a video about Obamagate, what does unmasking mean? And that was one of the biggest challenges in putting together a video and explaining why it's so serious. Unmasking is a violation in this capacity, seems to be a direct violation of Michael Flynn's Fourth Amendment rights against unreasonable search and seizure. I have, I have always been in opposition to these overbearing FISA warrants and spying, and that's what we get. I'll give you a quick rundown. If the U.S. government spies on a foreign individual, sometimes they capture the information of Americans. They have no right to spy on the American, so they don't get the name. But in their official duties and investigations, they can seek to unmask the Americans to figure out what's going on. What was the investigatory basis of the Obama administration to unmask Flynn? We don't know. And that's one of the questions we would like answered. Why? Why did you unmask Flynn? Why did Joe Biden unmask Flynn? It, 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 could, be, uh, it could be routine uh, work. There could be nothing wrong, but they should have to justify why they're invading the privacy of American citizens, especially when no crime was discovered. And especially when on January 4th, the FBI actually wanted to close the investigation until Peter Strzok intervened. And there's a lot more controversy between that, him and the attorney, Lisa Page, and a lot of serious questions that need to be answered. 
But we'll we'll move on. Here's Forbes. As national polls show Trump trailing Biden, he doubles down on Obamagate narrative, which brings me to the next bit of this segment. Is Donald Trump really scared of losing? I don't buy it. We have seen all of these stories where it's like the Trump administration is losing, they're panicking, they're freaking out. I just do not buy it. Donald Trump's aggregate approval rating today is higher than when he got elected. Donald Trump's approval rating, according to Gallup, is higher than both Bush and Obama. So please spare me the narrative that Trump is freaking out and trying to distract. What I think we might actually be seeing is they're using it, not because they think they're losing, but because they know it will work. The GOP seeks to go on offense using Flynn against Biden, this story from The Hill. Two Senate committees are now investigating former uh, president, former Vice President Joe Biden's role in the unmasking of Michael Flynn. As Republican senators seek to go on the offense with an issue they think will damage the presumptive Democratic presidential nominee while helping them retain their majority. And guess what? The Democrats worry Biden will be defined by Trump's attacks. It's not about Trump losing. The polls are irrelevant. That's a false framing. Let me show you the story one more time. As national polls show Trump trailing Biden, he doubles down. They're trying to connect the dots that don't need to be connected. Sure, national polls show Trump is trailing, uh, uh, Joe Biden is winning. But does anybody really think that Trump is going to do well in California and New York? No. So national polls are relatively meaningless. What we need are swing state polls. Now, those are divided. In some states, Joe Biden is doing well. Some states, it's close. Some states, you know, Trump is doing well. In one poll, Trump was beating Biden in Ohio. That's hilarious because that was Bill Maher's reason for defending Joe Biden. He's the only one who beats Trump in Ohio. Unfortunately, not according to some of the latest polls. But when it comes to national polling, I find it to be mostly irrelevant. Now, take a look at this. Trump approval at Gallup highest, better than Obama and Bush. You want to tell me Trump is concerned about his, about whether he's going to win or lose? Look, I know Trump is trying to win. That's why he's, he's going full into these mess- the messaging about Biden. But let's be real. Donald Trump is going after Biden and Obama because he wants vindication because he's personally slighted. Anybody who denies that Donald Trump has got a major ego problem is lying to themselves and everybody else. Donald Trump is very narcissistic, very arrogant, very egotistical, and a lot of people really, really love him for it. I think Donald Trump has got some character issues, but Donald Trump certainly believes he's going to win. He rags on sleepy Joe Biden all day. He's got the national polls showing approval ratings. And there's something interesting here. Donald Trump's stealth voters. The amount of people who approve of Donald Trump in the aggregate differ from the amount of people who say they'd vote for him. That doesn't make sense. And I was reading a story the other day that said that that didn't exist before. We haven't seen that in Obama or Bush. This shows us there are a lot of people that think Trump is doing a good job, but won't publicly admit they would vote for the guy. When you, when you can see that Donald Trump has got a higher approval rating than Obama, I don't think Trump is going after Biden or Obama and the Obama administration with Obamagate because he's scared of losing. I think it was an attack on his character, on his person, and he takes that seriously. He takes that more seriously than many other things. Look, you want to criticize Donald Trump. You, you can. If there's one thing I think we can all agree on, the man certainly loves himself. He puts his name in big gold letters on top on, on buildings. So whether you think this is a defense of him, I don't care. The point is, I don't think Donald Trump, Trump is really concerned about him losing to Joe Biden. I think what he really cares about is how history will remember his name. This is the aggregate polling from the from Real Clear Politics. We can see Gallup has, has Trump 
plus one, which is amazing. His uh, his highest polling was actually uh, a few weeks ago. It dropped down and spiked back up right now to 46.4. I believe the highest we'd ever seen it was 45.9 when he first got elected until this major point where it peaked at 47.3. As of today, Donald Trump's approval rating in the aggregate, not an individual poll, is higher than when he was elected. I really do not believe that that Donald Trump is scared. Now take a look at this story from uh, The Hill. Sanders advisor warns of alarming trends that could lead to Biden's defeat. Everybody thinks Joe Biden is on track to lose. Everybody thinks Donald Trump is on track to win. I say everybody, but most people. When polled, I believe the latest poll we looked at, and, and, and I'll be fair, man, I don't know if these polls are worth anything. I'm just, this, it's the best we have to work with. There was a poll that showed 55% of people believe Donald Trump will win re-election. Bernie Sanders does. I'd be willing to bet the Democrats do. That's why they're worried. Trump's uh, attacks are working. But check this out. The Hill reports, a top advisor to Senator Bernie Sanders' presidential campaign warned in a memo on Friday that former Vice President Joe Biden could lose the election in November because a significant portion of Sanders supporters are currently unsupportive and unenthusiastic about his candidacy. The memo written by Jeff Weaver, who recently launched the American America's Promise Pack, aimed at turning out progressives for Biden, said the presumptive Democratic nominee faces a clear and dangerous trend that could block his path to the White House if he does not address the shortcoming with Latinos, working class voters and young people. There's a real and urgent need to help Biden consolidate Sanders supporters. If all of Sanders base turned out for Joe Biden in November, he could defeat Trump and take back the White House. All four Democrats, here's the problem. Significant portions don't currently plan to. I got a conspiracy theory for y'all. It's not real. I'm kidding. But here's what I've been thinking. I'm willing to bet a bunch of young Bernie Sanders supporters will secretly go and vote for Donald Trump. And I think the reason they're going to do it is to spite the Democrats, but not just spite, but also a strategic advantage. I don't know. I I don't know if I think there'll be a large percentage or what, but I think people on the left will do this. They will vote for Trump. They want to stick it to the Democrats and they want to be able to say afterwards, we told you so. If Joe Biden actually wins, it proves all of the progressives were wrong. It proves that Bernie Sanders was the wrong choice. It proves Joe Biden and centrist, moderate corporate Democrats is the right choice. It is in the best interest of the progressives that Donald Trump wins right now. That way in 2024, they come back and say, enough, you had your chance and you were wrong. It's our turn. Joe Biden actually wins. The progressives, the Democratic Socialists will never get their chance because it will just prove you need a moderate. And you do. And that's a fact. But regardless of what's true, I think they're going to want to. Well, I'll put it this way. They say the ends justify the means. I believe progressives would vote for Trump so that way they can say, oh, no. Oh, how did Trump win? Oh, heavens. This how could this happen? Next time, vote for our guy. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know for sure, but I do think Donald Trump will win now. As it pertains to Joe Biden, uh, (laughs) I think he's got some other trouble here. Stacey Abrams is really messing up his play. The Washington Post says Abrams public push for Veep slot complicates Biden's search. More than that, it's hurting the Democrats and Joe Biden. Now, before we read into this and we wrap this up, I just want to point out the mainstream media's obsession with calling Obamagate fake news has nothing to do with the election for the most part. I, I, for the most part, has has little to do with the election. Donald Trump highlighting it, also little to do. 
Of course, the mainstream media will attack Trump and call him a conspiracy theorist, hoping that it, it hurts him. And of course, the GOP and, and Trump may, may see a benefit and realize that going on the offensive against Biden and Obama will help them. But the reality is the media, the, the allies of the Democrats and the Democrats, they don't want to see their administration go to prison. You know how bad it would be if Obama did have to you know, answer questions, if Biden did get caught, if someone in the FBI under the Obama administration did go to prison? be very, very devastating and scary. And they're going to try and stop that. This is an information war. It really does seem, based on all the evidence so far, Obama was involved in some shady dealings. I'm not going to go so far as to say I accuse or anything like that, but we definitely need answers. And that's why I said, hey, you know what? If we entertained a special counsel investigation for three years against Trump, why don't we get the same thing against Obama? I don't like him. I think they're silly and dumb. But I think it would be unfair to deny that now that we know Russiagate was, was a hoax. What happened? Well, of course, we have the Durham investigation. So we'll see how things plays out, play out. But when it comes to the election, we will wrap it up with something hilarious, glorious and sad for Democrats. I'm sorry, man. Democrats, y'all have just lost the plot. What is this? Stacey Abrams wearing a cape shrouded in mist with sun. What are they doing with these? The Washington Post published this. You are making the Democrats look so dumb. They don't get it. Can you even stop for two seconds and think about what Donald Trump is? Why would you do this? Stacey Abrams has been trying so hard to be the vice president. We can all see it profile after profile. The media is really pushing on it. And Biden may have to pick her because the media forced it. But she lost in 2018. What is she doing now? Just trying to run for vice president. Look at this picture. This reminds me, look, Donald Trump is the letter, what, what is it called? The letterman jacket, you know, frat boy jock of the, of, of the high school. He's standing around. He's a big, tall guy. He's laughing. He's got a, all of his little, you know, his little commanders and lieutenants laughing, high-fiving him while he goes, look at that one, that horse face. Yeah, she's so ugly. And they're all laughing and they love it. They love it. He's the bully and they vote for him because they know with the bully on their side, nobody will bully them. Along comes Stacey Abrams and Joe Biden. Abrams wearing what looks like a cape. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Literally, Donald Trump's wearing a suit. Now Joe Biden's wearing a suit too. So Joe Biden walks up stuttering and stammering and forgetting where he is, hanging out with this friend who wears a cape. I'm sorry, man. People really do vote based on how people look, whether they're cool, what they think about them. Emotions play a huge role in this. Donald Trump has really inspired a lot of hatred. People really, really don't like that guy. He has driven Trump derangement syndrome. And you know what? He has the media to thank for that. But of course, he has himself to thank for that, too, because Trump can be bombastic and boisterous and and narcissistic. I'll tell you this. I don't care if you like or hate the guy. The people who like Trump, whether you agree or not, I think you need to recognize. I think you do recognize that people don't like his attitude and that plays poorly for him. But it also plays well. A lot of people do like it. But I'll tell you what. When the American people are trying to look for who is going to represent them to in foreign policy, what are they looking at? Donald Trump is very arrogant and boy, is he a bully. What does that mean when he steps up to Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong-un and the Ayatollah or whatever? It means he's, he's going to be sitting down in this meeting. Think about this for, for two seconds. Donald Trump in a meeting with Iran and Iran says, we want sanctions lifted before, you know, we, we ease tensions. And then Trump's going to just cut off. And go, excuse me. Excuse me. No, no, no. You do what we want. We are not playing games. No, excuse me. Cut them off. Done. And everybody knows it. 
He will not give these people the chance to speak. He will shut them down and say, you do what we want. And that's the that's what America wants. And Americans are going to be like, it's good for us. Think about Joe Biden and, and Stacey Abrams in her cape sitting there. Th- what's funny is Joe Biden may be, may be a placeholder, right? Let's play this game. Joe Biden sitting down to this meeting and he's just mumbling and muttering. No one knows what he's saying. And they say, sure, just sign these papers. And he's like, oh, signs them. Doesn't even know what he's signing. Gives away a bunch of our oil or whatever. But let's say he's a placeholder. So they put him in his wheelchair. You know, he, he comes in, he's all tired and shaking. And they say, of course, he's not the real president. They wheel him out of the room and in comes Stacey Abrams wearing her cape to sit down across from, you know, Iranian leaders. And you know what? I'm sorry, man. That image, this image may be the end of her opportunity to actually run for anything. Stacey Abrams, I got nothing personal against her. I don't know a whole lot about her policies, but I know the Democrats are really bad at being cool. Okay. They, they, I don't, I don't know. Don't, don't ask me why, but this photo is, is, is wow. She's wearing a cape. If you haven't seen this, check it out. She's wearing a cape. You take this picture with, if, if, I swear, if Joe Biden picks this woman, that's, this, this, this is it. Who was that guy who yelled like yeehaw or whatever and it destroyed his campaign? I can't remember the guy's name. This is that. This is the yeehaw moment. She's wearing a cape, dude. And we'll see how things play out. Can't say life is boring. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. YouTube.com slash Timcast News. It is a different channel. And I'll see you all there. As far as I can tell, the lockdown is over. Thousands of people have swarmed to the beaches in their states, defying the lockdown order. In Virginia, take a look at this photo. Thousands of people flocking to the beach, but the beach was supposed to be closed. What about over in New York and New Jersey? Sun seekers defy beach ban in New York City as crowds in New Jersey flock to reopened coastline and flout social distancing measures as temperatures soar. In many places, they've been reopening the beaches. Many other places, they haven't. But we are seeing that for the most part, people don't care. And it's kind of weird. It's scary, but it's also kind of confidence building. It's scary to think that people just have no confidence in government anymore. And if you start showing these cracks in the system, the confidence will continue to break down. The only reason the government functions is because the people will it so, as we can see right here. Now, I'll tell you what. I do think there are inherent risks to what everyone is doing. You could potentially get sick. But a lot of the data that's come out so far, a lot of the studies we've seen shows that actually being outside is the best thing we can do. Social distancing, very, very important. So the people who are you know, flaunting this, or, or I should say flouting it, that's probably not a good idea. I've also seen a lot of conservatives say things like, don't wear a mask. You're like giving in or whatever. And it's like, dude, masks are so you don't get other people sick. I, I don't understand what's the problem with putting a mask on. Now, there is some like weird viral clip where a bunch of journalists and politicians are doing the press briefing. They're like, OK, we're rapping. And all the journalists get up and take their masks off and whatever. Yeah, that's called them being idiots. Dude, people have worn masks when they're sick all the time. I think I got no problem with it. You want me to wear a mask? I don't care. What's the big deal? You don't got to wear a mask when you're driving your car or whatever. But when we get out and go to the store, I'll put a mask on. Fine. I don't care. It's it's two seconds. But uh, outside of this, right, that's the gist of the story with people defying lockdown. I think it shows us that the people ultimately do what they want. And the only reason the government can do anything or enforce anything is because for the most part, people agree. 
You've got a bunch of people on social media right right now, a bunch of activist lefty type individuals arguing we must remain locked down and there's no end in sight. Nothing makes sense. Listen, flatten the curve. That was the mission. We did. Now, now Los Angeles is saying, wait for a cure. Whoa, 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 buddy. If you want people to flip Republican, this is how you get them to do it. Maybe that's what their goal is. I have no idea. But when you got Republicans saying, y'all can go to the beach, and then people wanting to go to the beach, but you got Democrats saying, y'all can't go to the beach. What do you think people are going to say? Now, I, I get it. Not every state is the same. You know, California has been slowly reopening. And so, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily just Democrat versus Republican, but it still kind of is. My bigger concern is that people have accepted turning the Constitution into Swiss cheese. You know, it's really funny. There's a, there's, a, there's a tweet going around. The left likes to say, think about what, you know, World War II. And people often ask, what would I have done if I was in, you know, Germany in World War II? The resistance like to claim that they're the good guys and they would absolutely stand up for what's right. And then look what happens when the government seeks to violate our civil rights. They snitch on their neighbors. They advocate for government tracking. You know, some people are advocating for bad, like ID badges or tracers where they can scan you to see if you've been cleared, if, you, if you've got COVID or if you're, you're no longer, uh, you know, uh, uh, carrying it or whatever. I, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, in China, they do this thing where you have your phone and you scan it. So they can, they, they can say, okay, you, you don't have COVID, we've scanned it. So you want everybody to carry around some kind of ID that tracks their, their health status. You'll snitch on your neighbors and advocate for doing so. You'll champion the government ruling by decree and shutting down civil rights. I'm sorry, I think I know which side you would have been on in World War II. Take a look at this story. Not all beach-going defiers are, uh, are, are doing well. New York City man arrested in Hawaii after posting beach photos on Instagram. Hawaii officials arrested a man from New York on Friday for violating the state's 14-day quarantine rule for tourists. Tariq Peters, 23 of the Bronx, posted photos on Instagram showing him outside his hotel room after he, he, after he arrived in Oahu on Monday, according to a news release from the office of Hawaii's governor. According to the news release, Peters allegedly left his hotel room the same day he arrived and traveled many places using public transportation. Authorities became aware of his social media posts from citizens who saw posts of him on the beach without a, with a surfboard, sunbathing, and walking around Waikiki at night. The morning, this morning, agents were able to confirm with hotel personnel that had seen Peters leave his room and the premises on numerous occasions this week. He was arrested and booked on Friday, and his bail has been set at $4,000 for going outside, for going to the beach, for sunbathing. Are you kidding me? Now, look, man, over in uh, Virginia and, and New York, whatever, what are they going to do? They're going to arrest every single person? No. And what are you, what, what you going to argue if you single people out that they should have known better? I don't think that will fly. People have a First Amendment right in this country to peaceably assemble, to speak. That means they can go outside. You can't stop them. Quarantine like this does not work. People have to agree and the people do not agree. You want to know why? They have been telling us over and over again that it's going to get bad and we got to lock everything, everything down. Apparently now we're learning that may have been a mistake, but they say the lockdowns worked because the, the it's, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the infection rates going down and all that stuff, social distancing worked. That's what the studies, most of them so far have said. What we're learning now is that actually being outside is better. 
One study showed the people who are 66% of those who are contracting COVID now were at home. People are all confined in a closed space. They're not getting any vitamin D. Someone goes to the store, catches COVID, brings it home, touches everything. Everybody gets it. If you were going outside like normal, then you're much less likely to be touching the same things so long as you're social distancing. The reason why the infection rate was probably skyrocketing is because people weren't social distancing because people touch all the same railings on the subway and then they handle money and then they eat a cheeseburger and they don't wash their hands. People were getting sick. Now everybody's washing their hands more. They're wearing masks. And guess what? The infection rate is going down except for those who are staying in their homes. It's actually the bulk. But check this out. South Dakota is is my favorite example. I decided to take a look. What's going on with South Dakota? I, and you know what? I, I <laughs> YouTube might ban me for this video. I have no idea. COVID-19 in South Dakota. 72 new positive cases. Death toll remains at 44. Active cases, 1,242. South Dakota never locked down. Right now, I'm seeing a bunch of these tribal leftists say like, oh, all of these states that have reopened are seeing a spike in cases. That's strange. I thought the incubation period was a couple days to a couple weeks. How is it that a couple days after someone goes outside, you're saying all of these cases have just spiked? Now, of course, they say because the incubation period is a couple days. There, it proves it. No, <laughs> that would mean that the incubation period is a couple days. And then on the first day of them noticing they got sick, they went and got a coronavirus test. Sorry, that makes literally no sense. According to Kilo Land, which I believe is a local, uh, I, I'm assuming it's local South Dakota news. They say the numbers for Saturday, May 16th show a rise in recoveries and a drop in active cases. They say the state is reporting a total of 3,959 positive cases in South Dakota, up 72 from Friday. Active cases are now at 1,242, down 27 from Friday. Recoveries rose by 99 to a total of 2,673. Current hospitalizations is at 75, down five from Friday. The state total for negative tests in South Dakota is 24,217. That's so strange. South Dakota never locked down and they're doing really, really well. Look, I'm not, I'm, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not here to advocate for or against whatever, but I do think it's fair to point out that the economy is in serious trouble. And these, all these uh, lefty digital outlets are talking about boogaloos, saying like the boogaloo movement's coming and these guys are blocking bars and they want civil war. Do you want a boogaloo? Okay. You know, you get one. Strain people, take away their resources, starve them out and see how long it takes for someone to storm the beaches, both figuratively and, well, I guess, literally, just not in the same literal way you'd imagine. These people certainly are storming the beaches because the beaches are closed and they're all showing up. Fortunately for us, they're not storming it to take over or kill anybody. They're just going swimming and enjoying themselves. Check this out, though. CNN, not that I'm a big fan, reports overall grocery prices in the U.S. grew 2.6%, including seasonal adjustments last month. Here's what's getting more expensive. Eggs are up 16.1%. Chicken, 5.8%. Hot dogs, 5.7%. Donuts, donuts, 5%. Carbonated drinks, 4.5%. Citrus, 43 Grocery prices are soaring. Do you know what happens when people can't afford to eat? Not only have you taken their jobs away, the money that the government is giving is making things worse. The food isn't just getting more expensive because of supply chain disruption. As soon as that magic money they just dump in your account hits your account, it instantly loses buying power. 
I've seen a bunch of memes where they're like, as soon as the government gives you money, go buy gold with it, wait a week, and then you'll be able to buy a lot more because the dollar is being devalued dramatically by a massive influx of printed money. This is what people don't get, man. It's funny to me that you go on like Reddit or Twitter and you see all of these memes, not really memes, just like viral Twitter posts where they're like, I don't understand why these Trump bros don't just accept the government giving them money so they can have food because <laughs> you can't eat money. And they don't seem to understand that. CNN reports, they say, if you're a loyal reader of CNN business, you might have seen uh, uh, CNN business. You may have seen a headline Tuesday that said prices are f- uh, falling at an alarming rate or a headline today that said producers prices fell by a record amount. That probably feels off to you. And for good reason. Every time you go to the grocery store, that, nu- uh, that number uh, at the end of the receipt keeps getting bigger. Both things are true. Prices are falling across just about every category, apparel, hotels, cars, car insurance, airfare. But American grocery stores, price tags are soaring. Overall, the price of groceries grew 2.6%, including seasonal adjustments in April. That was the biggest increase from one month to the next since 1974, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Prices at the supermarket are rising sharply because coronavirus has disrupted the food supply chain. When restaurants shut down, Americans started cooking at home and demand for groceries shot up. But food producers and farmers didn't have the ability to quickly shift their food deliveries to grocery stores. Supply chains are super complex beasts. What these people don't understand, the the guy who makes the beef doesn't just send a cow to Walmart and then you buy a piece of the cow. It's got to be processed. All of this food goes to processing plants, to packaging, you know, plants and things like that before it makes it to the store. With supply chain disruption, notably restaurants being shut down, it broke everything, and now food isn't making it. So, so let me let me let me let me let me kind of get to the point, right? When I saw these people flooding the beaches, I was like, "This is why I don't think there will be a boogaloo in the sense that the boogaloo people think there will be one. There's not going to be a government versus the people thing because the people have spoken, man. I'm sorry, there's nothing you can do now. YouTube might ban this video, I guess." Or they might, you know, give me a guideline strike. So I'm not supposed to be talking about it or whatever. Let me tell you, in New Jersey, the beaches have been legally reopened and people are flouting social distancing rules. Bad idea. In Wisconsin, the courts have ruled it is unconstitutional. So far, we have seen that when it comes to the law, there's varying uh, 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 opinions so far. But I will tell you this. I think any reasonable, reasonable person can tell that the governor and you know various executives just decreeing you can't do something is a violation of the Constitution, and it is unlawful. We do not live in a country where a, a mayor, a governor, can just snap their fingers and enforce anything they want. It's not legal. All the cops who are enforcing these rules are morons. That's yeah, true. They're, they're nasty morons, too, the worst kind. But think about what it would take to, for there to be a boogaloo. No food, right? Well, that's, that's where things may actually boil over. In terms of the government mandating, people are just ignoring it. We're seeing businesses reopen. People are getting fined for it. Nobody cares anymore. And the strange, the crazy thing to me is over on Reddit, we've actually started seeing comments from people where they're now sympathetic. We started seeing stories from, say, the LA Times saying that the lockdown is hurting the poor. It absolutely is. But of course, the weird tribalist left trying to argue it's not trying to argue we must remain locked down forever. And I can't figure out why. For what reason would you say these things? Look at these people on the beach. You'd think these people are going to vote for you if you try to take their beach away. 
That's what I said yesterday about cheeseburgers. So I, I think the, the main point I'm trying to get to here with, with everything we're seeing is that nobody cares. Okay, the people will go out if they want to. I saw a post on Reddit and it said, you know, we were able to hold off American stupidity for about eight weeks. That was our limit. No, you're the stupid one. What don't you get? All of these annoying viral leftist memes where they're like, everyone's so dumb, but I'm smart. Meanwhile, regular people are going about their regular lives and South Dakota is not seeing a major spike. As it turns out, the lockdown probably was not the right move, but okay, we did it. It may have helped to some, some degree. It may have hurt to some degree, actually may have prolonged everything. That's, that's what one study has shown us. Studies saying that those who are staying inside are more likely, were more likely to catch uh, COVID. But maybe shutting down big events and social distancing was the right thing to do. Maybe we just went a little overboard. Now it's time to walk things back. And you know what? Seems like the people agree. So now we'll, 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 we'll take it into politics, Rex. Right? I was thinking about this in terms of all of these partisan leftists who live in big cities or who don't, who are arguing we must remain locked down, ignoring the science, ignoring the data, and ignoring the law. That Robert Reich guy, Reich guy, whatever his name is, is one of the most annoying grifters ever. And the reason I say he's an annoying grifter, let me tell you, they like to call me a grifter. I don't know. My principles are pretty consistent. I've, uh, we'll take a look at Tara Reid, right? I said I don't necessarily trust her, uh, her accusations against Biden. I think it's politically opportune. However, these are the standards they asked for, so I'm going to you know, give them what they want, right? But I can easily point out the same thing for Joe Biden as Brett Kavanaugh. Due process is paramount. There's consistency. But when you look at someone like that Robert Wright guy on Twitter, I don't know if you know who he is. I don't even know who he is. All I know is every time someone does something that might in some way line up with Trump, he's the first to be screeching like a banshee. So he tweets out against Elon Musk saying, you're getting poor people sick. You're putting them at risk. It's like uh, <laughs> Gavin Newsom opened, uh, uh, opened up manufacturing. They ignore this. They ignore their own Democratic governors. They live in a parallel, alternate, paranoid, delusional state. I think about it this way. You know, my friends, they don't want to be inside anymore. They're losing their minds. They want to go out and get a cheeseburger. You look at Colorado, opened up a restaurant, people flooded in. You look at Wisconsin, they opened up the bars, people flood in. Nobody cares about what you want because you hate Trump. So what do you think is going to happen as people like Governor Whitmer in Michigan say, I'm doing this for your safety to keep you alive. They're telling you to STFU, dude. They don't, they don't want to hear it. Regular people saying no. What she doesn't realize, especially in Michigan, is that she's basically got Detroit. Everyone else is saying, shut up. I'm going to go out and do whatever I want. This is the funny thing to me. The people I know in cities, like you look at New York, they've been defying the lockdown the whole time. Not everybody. They've tried. But, you know, I see all these tweets and posts, posts and my friends saying that you look out the window and it's like a normal day. People are walking around doing their thing. It's been that way the entire time for me. I look out my window. I see people doing their normal thing. So what happens then? When you, well, I, I don't get this, man. Why embrace an overtly and obvious uh, a bad idea that people don't like. I just don't understand. You know what it is? It's part of the same problem we've seen over and over again with social media, in my, in my opinion, that a fringe sect of lunatics get vocal enough and convince the left this is what people really want. They think that's data when 50, you know, cartoon character Twitter profiles saying no opening the country. I wouldn't be surprised if these Twitter things 
are actually just black propaganda put on by Trump supporters to convince the Democratic governors to sabotage themselves by enforcing policies nobody wants. We get that COVID is bad. Everybody does. But at a certain point, no one's going to care. And that's exactly what we're seeing. Now, one of the questions I've asked are what, is whether or not the people who are going out makes up a small fraction. Maybe that's the case. I don't think so. All of these polls from, you know, saying like people are scared and don't want to go outside. I'm like, I don't buy it, man. These people on the beach aren't political people. They're beachgoers. It's not. Look, look at this. This photo. It's, it's funny because I'm like, these aren't Trump supporters, man. It's just thousands of people in Virginia Beach doing their thing like normal. These are the people, the regular people. You come out and you say, you are not allowed to do that. That was illegal. You arrest people for this. They're not going to vote for you, man. So we'll see how things play out. Over in California's 25th, they flipped it 21 points in favor of the Republicans. I'm, I'm starting to think that, you know, you look at someone like Governor Whitmer in Michigan, and she is, there, there's something weird about these people like Blasey Ford, Peter Strzok, Whitmer, where they do this thing like this, where they smile and they look down. And it's like a weird caricature of an evil gaze. Like, <laughs> it's like, why are they do? Why are they doing that? What are these people? What do they want? They're weird. Whitmer is doing everything in her power to sabotage the Democratic Party. I'll tell you what, because she just really makes them, them all look stupid. I'm sorry. She really does. She says things like this is for your safety. She defies the, 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 the state legislature. Wisconsin's governor, the same thing. He's trying to get a 150 day uh, extension on the lockdown. What is wrong with these people? And their excuse is we're smarter than you. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. You keep telling yourself that. I hope you sleep well at night. YouTube will probably censor this video in some capacity. I don't care, man. Look, the law has, has spoken. Bill Barr, the attorney general, says the Constitution is not suspended. He has come out against the lockdowns. The World Health Organization praised Sweden and they had no lockdown. South Dakota had no lockdown and there's no outbreak. It, it stands to reason we don't exactly know what or why or how. So it's the best thing we can do. I honestly don't know. But I'll tell you this, if South Dakota didn't lock down and they're doing great and some state and New York did lock down and they're doing worse every day, well, then what's, what do you talk? What do you want me to do? People are going to do what they want. So I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. I think so long as people are willing to just defy the government, and the government can't do anything about it. I don't see a boogaloo being something that I, I can't enforce it. If all these people went and opened their businesses, then that's it. The cops can't do anything about it. Fine. Whoever you want. Nobody cares. So I, I, I'll tell you what, man, you never want, you, you, you always want to make sure, that's what I love. I love saying this. At, you, you, you must act within the law, right? Great. The Supreme Court of Wisconsin has said lockdown's unlawful. Bill Barr has said the Constitution is not suspended and presumably will be taking action against many of these states that are violating the law. So YouTube, let me ask you a question. When these states enforce by decree in violation of the law, why would you support that? Perhaps there should be some action taken against you for advocating for and enforcing, you know, discourse in support of breaking the law. I'll leave it there. Whatever. Just a rant on lockdown. I got another segment coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. I'll see you all then. And we warned you that the closer we got to the election, the more shenanigans we would see with these big tech social media companies. And here we go. I did a video this morning at 10 a.m. as per usual, and many people started complaining that I didn't do a video. 
What actually happened is that YouTube suppressed the video by shadow banning it. And I can confirm this. This is a tweet I put out. I said, this is crazy. I did a video about people defying the lockdown and flooding beaches, and the video doesn't show up on my channel. I even said in the video, YouTube would likely ban it. And I've been repeatedly saying, come on, YouTube, this is the law. Are you going to be on the side of the of these governors breaking the law like they're doing in Michigan, Supreme Court, Wisconsin already ruled? The first photo I'm going to show you is what I would see. The second photo is what other people see. They shadow banned my video. These screenshots were taken only seconds apart. When I log in, you can see here, customized channel, YouTube. This is what I see on my channel. And right on right here in the bottom left, thousands flood beaches in defiance of lockdown. What do you think the average person sees if they come to my YouTube channel? They see this. It's not there. The last video I uploaded 16 hours ago, US war games predict the US will lose in China. Check that video out too if you haven't. I got a bunch of videos that are up. Strangely though, the video from this morning did not appear. And in this tweet where, where I tweeted it, a bunch of people are showing the exact same thing. Some people got the notification. The video did not appear. Why? Why is it that so many people are saying, I see the shadow banning too? Honestly, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction uh, or make, make uh, uh, some assumptions here. I did a video about thousands of people ignoring the lockdown orders, which are unconstitutional. In Virginia, they flooded to the beaches, even though the beaches were closed. In New York and New Jersey, much the same. Now, New Jersey is opening up their beaches. The people there were just flouting the social distancing rules, of which I very much support in the video. Outdoors is probably better for us. But I knew it. I knew that bringing up the people would not be oppressed defying these decrees. I knew it was coming. What we've got going on right now as it pertains to COVID is fake news media. And as we get into tw- the, 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 the bigger, more, as, as we, we move through the election cycle, as I've predicted, as many others have predicted, you can expect to see channels like mine banned. I don't know how long this will last. So I'll tell you what, in the description below, is the link to the video about the lockdowns, about people defying the orders. And I straight up say in the beginning of the video, as far as I can tell, lockdown is over. They might even suppress this video, which is why I always ask in my main segments, share this video. It's the best way to get around this algorithmic manipulation. There's nothing I can do. The video didn't show up on my channel. Those who can see it have the ability to share it to make sure it gets out but they'll never reach those who don't. There are people who regularly watch my content who are just saying, Tim didn't put up a video. Some people were like, I thought you maybe got sick again today. No, no, the video is up. Take a look at this story from the National Review. Our nevermind media. They say media observers are today noticing how strange it is for reporters to juxtapose panic about Florida, where the virus has done relatively little damage, with robust defense of New York the coronavirus death capital of the Western world. This is why I think they shadow ban me. It's why I think they shadow ban other people. Now, the video I did has a decent amount of views, but it's got like half or less than half of what it should have. They can't outright just ban it because I didn't break any rules. There's no violations of the terms of service. The video's fully monetized. But this is why many people are getting purged from the partner program, meaning their their businesses go up. 
It's a lot harder for them to do to me because I've got, you know, nearly 500,000 followers. I have a lot of subscribers. Smaller channels are not so lucky. Many channels with 100, 200,000 subs that have broken no rules have been purged from the partner program. We've seen people like Luke Rutkowski, Ariel Scarcella purged from the partner program. They can no longer make money off their videos through YouTube's ad revenue, even though they were confirmed, approved, monetized. YouTube, in my opinion, we, we, we definitely see their political bias. We see what they're, what they're aiming for. We've seen the leaked videos published by The Verge, no less, showing Google, you know, Google employees crying over Trump winning and saying, you know, you know we're going to do stuff about this. Now, here we are. In this story, I highlight, I highlight specifically, this is why they can't have channels like mine. I'm very careful. I use NewsGuard. Take a look at this. You see this green check mark up at the top? I make sure all the sources I use are certified by a third-party rating agency. I am very, very careful about the content I produce. And it's bad. It's bad news for the Democrats. Why? Well, I rag on them all day. And I'm going to again later. They need to win this fight. They want these authoritarian rules. They want violations of our civil rights. Not all of them, but whoever these people are, they certainly want it. And that's their path to getting it. I challenge that. And I challenge it using mainstream sources. So they can't just delete me. They'll eventually do it, I bet. Eventually. In this story, they bring up a really good point. This is why I bring it up. Andrew Cuomo has done a horrible job in New York. Okay, look, I don't blame him. For the most part, I blame China. But he gets a little bit. Early on, Bill de Blasio, who was also late to the party, wanted to lock down New York City. Cuomo said, get real, Bill. No. Now they're the COVID death capital of the world. I mean, it's a, it's a horrifying story. Florida isn't. So why is the media attacking Florida? Why did the media attack South Dakota? One of the other reasons I think that that video got shadow banned was that South Dakota never locked down. They are still not experiencing any kind of explosion in COVID cases. In fact, they are on the down, uh, the downswing. Recoveries are going up. Infections are going down and they are testing. So here's, here, here's, here's what I'll say. In the description below is the link to the video they shadow banned. If you would be so inclined and you want to support my work, please consider sharing that video after you watch this or whatever, because if you just click away from, you know, I've got a lot more to talk about. I'll put it that way. But after you're done watching this in the description, I have a link to the other video. Check that out too. share it if you can and share this video if you can, because, well, you know what, man, the media lies. It's what they do. And I've got some scary stuff to show you right now about what's coming. I've got several stories. It's not left. It's not right. It's everyone. The news will be fake. And big tech is playing that game too. There's absolutely no reason for them to censor me talking about what people are already doing. I'm not encouraging anything or advocating for anything, but they don't like it. They don't like the spreading of information, which could give people silly ideas about freedom. Take a look at this tweet. Or let me, let me read a little bit more. They say, this week after Politico Florida correspondent Mark Caputo noted that the long-predicted mass outbreak of coronavirus in his state still hasn't happened. Three full months have passed since the first dire warnings about spring breakers partying in the beaches. Daily Beast Washington correspondent and CNN analyst Jackie Kucinich threw the yellow flag. She tweeted, so given how much everyone is suffering everywhere, grieving loved ones, job losses, even the simple things like hugging your friends, I fail to see how this snarky nonsense from Mark Caputo, who I think is an awesome reporter, is helpful. He, uh, who, who writes, 
Florida just doesn't look nearly as bad as the national news media and sky is falling. Critics have been predicting for about two months now. But then the national news media is mostly based in New York and loves to love its Democratic governor, Andrew Cuomo, about as much as it loves to hate Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis. And there it is. New York based media. They are looking around them and seeing chaos. And it's Cuomo's. Well, it's China's fault, but Cuomo takes the blame for running things as, as of right now. Yet for some reason, Cuomo's approval rating is very high. And the media in their New York bubble thinks New York is the world. And because they keep running these nonsensical stories, politicians follow suit thinking that's reality. You then look at this entire country where we are not seeing what they predicted was going to happen. And, and many people argue, well, it's because the lockdowns worked. No, the new data suggests it doesn't. It suggests those who are staying home are actually more likely to get sick. 66% of new cases. It's at least one study. Maybe the data is off. Social distancing worked. I noted that in the other video. But these people are blind. And the big tech companies are also blind because they're in the same places reading this, this bubble world news. We don't live in New York, man. Around me, I don't notice anything. People are, I mean, other than the businesses being closed. But the, and, and I'm in South Jersey. But there are a lot of places where nothing is happening. There are a lot of places where the dire warnings were wrong. And here we can see even mainstream journalists reporting Florida is not that bad. Well, listen, you understand what's going on with the partisan nature of, of, of uh, coronavirus lockdown, Trump advocating for reopening. This is why I think I will get shadow banned. They don't want Trump to win. I don't want to act like there's a grand conspiracy or anything, but I think there's a tendency and a bias. Now, there's, there's perhaps a conspiracy for sure. I just don't have evidence to suggest that. What I think happens is that, as I stated with how this news is being framed, someone at YouTube sees my video and goes, oh, I don't know about that one and hits the shadow ban button. Oh, I don't know about this. People can't. Ooh, lockdown being broken. Oof, that's not good. Check this out. This is a story from last year. I believe it's from last year. Uh, Yes, July 30th. Local media falls victim to partisan politics. Axios reported this talking about political groups on both sides, throwing money and propping up local partisan websites. I hope you are ready for the psychosis that is to come. Listen, the world we live in, the internet world, it's still really young. Barack Obama, 2008, used Facebook, not very well. 2012 was the the Twitter presidency. 2016, Donald Trump used social media, Cambridge Analytica, etc. Now the evolution is underway. We are getting into full swing digital manipulation. This is why BuzzFeed, for instance, hates the fact that you can share my videos. I kid you not. A BuzzFeed reporter that likes to write about the far right was angry that people are taking YouTube videos and sharing them on Facebook. I mean, that's what they did 12 years ago. And he's mad they're doing it now. What is what is he requesting? What does BuzzFeed want to just ban all user generated content, all independent video? Apparently so. That's what they're aiming for. I don't know what YouTube is going to do once they lose all of their creators and their bigger channels. Maybe they're maybe they just want to be Hulu, get rid of everybody except for the approved, you know, 50 accounts or whatever. Fine, I guess. Take a look at this story. Hiding in plain sight. PAC connected activists set up local news outlets. Star News Digital Inc. may look like a media company that produces local news, but a Snopes investigation reveals deep undisclosed connections to political activism. But you're going to love this. Bear with me on this one. Wait till you see the next story I show you. They say, editor's note, 
Some stories practically write themselves. The details simple and clear. This investigation, spurred by a reader's tip, was no such story. In collaboration with reporter Bethania Palma and operations staffers Vinnie Green and Chris Riley, lead reporter Alex Kasprek spent weeks untangling the reality behind a group of entities posing as newspapers in key battleground states going into the 2020 elections. Even if you're jaded by the torrent of daily headlines, including Russia meddling in the 2020 election process, you will want to spend some time with this story. Please let us know what you think, blah, blah, blah. What do they basically say? Well, this is mostly about conservatives, conservative political. Well, let's, let's, let, me, let me read it for you. They say a Snopes investigation reveals in detail how these activists. Well, I'm sorry. Let's start from the beginning. On, on February 6th, a website of uncertain origin named the Tennessee Star was born. At the time, it was unclear who funded this op, this operate, uh, funded or operated this local newspaper, which was largely filled with freely licensed content from organizations tied to conservative mega donors. After some prodding by Politico in early 2018, the Tennessee Star revealed its primary architects to be three Tea Party connected conservative activists. I'm not going to read their names. I don't care too much about this. That's right. They found that these conservative tied organizations, oh man, were putting out fake local news outlets. Why? Probably for propaganda reasons. You're going to love it. Just wait for it. I got more. Across the political spectrum, according to 2017 Pew Center, Pew Research Center study, local news is considered more trustworthy. While Star News Digital Media does have actual ties to Tennessee politics, the company's incursion into Ohio and Minnesota may be uh, more about the appearance of being local. They don't always nail it either. For instance, the Minnesota Sun website, when we first began reporting the story, displayed a local weather bar on its homepage. Its default location was Columbus, Ohio, likely because it's incompletely altered clone of the Ohio Star website. The Ohio Star website purportedly local to the state of Ohio, reproduced a letter to the editor titled, if you want to change state politics, then support Bill Lee for governor. Bill Lee is the governor of Tennessee. In an August 2018 press release, the Ohio Star announced the formation of the new multi-region company, Star News Digital uh, Media, listing three people who have either described themselves as conservative activists or have been described that way by their peers and founders. Okay, but here's what I'm going to say. First thing, this is a very, very poor attempt at producing fake local news. It was dug into, they, they, they found it out, they called it out, they, you know, and they point out the, the ties to conservatives. But it sounds like if they put up this website that was a clone of another website that looked really bad, that had the wrong location and a letter about another state's governor, they weren't doing too good of a job of it. Nonetheless, this is shady business. And I am completely 100% opposed to that shady business, especially when it comes from, well, the left. What's funny is, while Snopes drags with this investigation, the conservatives tied to this group, the left touts and supports and praises when the left does it. This is how you can see the bias in the media. Aside from the fact that my content is, is shadow banned, my videos get removed. Take a look at this from, from uh, November, Bloomberg Businessweek, the left's plan to slip vote swaying news into Facebook feeds. Democratic strategist Tara McGowan's Courier Newsroom is out to counter the right-wing echo chamber with a dose of hyper-targeted hometown news. This is dirty. Look, man, the Daily Wire dominates Facebook, but the Daily Wire tells you straight up, I mean, it's Ben Shapiro's uh, outlet. They're all very conservative and it's conservative opinion. This shady dealings. Of course, I just showed you the conservatives doing the same thing. They shouldn't be doing that either. It's not all conservatives. 
Tara, whatever name is, shouldn't be doing this either. But it's not all Democrats. The problem is how the media operates. You get a fact check expose. We busted these conservatives. They were trying to smear and lie. Bloomberg says, bravo, good madame. You've done a great job making fake news to convince people to vote Democrat. That is creepy. And they link to this. She has a, a, a variety of different uh, websites. Acronym is the name of the company. And what does it say? Because uh, Facebook, apparently, Facebook's decision to allow political ads with false information has only intensified her worry. So they're justifying it. Let me see if I can find a link to one of her, uh, her, her news outlets. They say, here, let's read. To McGowan, whose professional expertise lies in reaching voters online, the rise of misinformation coincides dangerously with another trend, the death of local news. Since 2004, more than 2,000 newspapers have shuttered, leaving millions of people without a trusted local news source. Many turn to Facebook and are inundated by conservative propaganda outlets whose stories consistently rank atop the platform's most shared material. It's funny. There's a meme. Somebody pointed this out uh, on some a forum. It may have been 4chan. They said, any sufficiently free, any, any, any social media platform that you know, supports free speech or is open becomes right wing. I wonder why that is. Think about the lies and the shadow banning. I made a video this morning where I said, people have flocked to the beaches. Fact. People are defying the lockdowns. Fact. New Jersey, they're flouting social distancing. Fact. You get the point. South Dakota, no explosion in cases. Another fact. They had to suppress those facts. Otherwise, people might argue, you know what? The lockdown doesn't make sense. Is it my fault that the news is saying this? No. But if YouTube thinks I'm going to lie, well, they're wrong. And that's why I don't believe I will last very much longer on the YouTube platform. I have no idea when it'll, when it'll happen, but we, there's been wave after wave of many channels getting banned. Meanwhile, these people are doing this. They're creating fake news. Here's, here we go. Here's a link. The Courier Newsroom. I don't even know what this is. And there's a list of sites Dogwood, the, cop, the Copper Courier, what's that? Cardinal and Pine, the Americano, all fake news. Your source for Arizona news? No. Where does this woman live? Where is she based out of? Washington, D.C. or New York or something? Do they mention where she lives? I don't know where she lives. She's certainly not local, I would imagine, to, met, to these places. How could she be local to more than one? Here's Arizona, Cardinal and Pine, North Carolina. How about this one? The Americano, where's this one from? I don't know, Phoenix. Okay, so is this all the same? She's certainly not in North Carolina, I guess. But this is, this, this is what's happening. We are going to see more of these links shared. More people are going to be making fake news and propaganda. Channels like mine will be suppressed. Independent commentary will be purged. Twitter seems to be, for the most part, doing better than anyone else. And I mean, it, it's weird. Now, Twitter still has its problems, but Facebook is banning videos. YouTube is suppressing and banning videos. Twitter's allowing them. Apparently, Twitter, a Twitter spokesperson said the pandemic documentary is fine. I don't like it. I think it's bad. I don't think you should, you should take it as, a, as fact. But Facebook and YouTube are quick to, to ban whatever they can. Meanwhile, we are being inundated with fake news. Look at these sites. Keep them in mind. Check this stuff out. It's only going to get worse. Seeing my video not show up today, I laughed. Hey, man, I've said time and time again, as soon as they snap my channel, they Thanos my channel out, I'm going to go down by the river and I'm just going to go fishing. And, and that's it. It's coming. It's only a matter of time. I'm going to wrap this up. You get the point. As we get closer to November and the desperation sinks in, 
This will get worse. If you like my content, please consider sharing it. The link to the other video that was suppressed is in the description. Hopefully this one doesn't get suppressed. I'll see you all at 4 p.m. on my other channel. Go to TimCast.net if you haven't already. It's another channel. We'll see how long these last. Elon Musk, the absolute mad lad, has tweeted, take the red pill, followed by a red rose emoji, which on Twitter, it's kind of confusing because the red rose is the democratic socialist, but the red pill is like the other thing. I don't know if Elon Musk understands what he's saying when he says take the red pill, but certainly the cultural right is very happy about this. You can see Mike Cernovich saying yes, and a bunch of people laughing. Some people mocking him, saying he's a bit late to the party. But this is all coming down to the time when Elon Musk is preparing to leave California. And boy, will California regret it. Right now, California is talking about shutting down some prisons because they're, well, they're dealing with a major budget shortfall. Now is not the time to be angering billionaires who run massive companies with 10,000 employees in your cities and well, and frankly, encouraging them to leave. I don't necessarily blame Gavin Newsom for this because it wasn't Newsom who tried to stop Elon Musk. But you know what, man? That one woman, Lorena Gonzalez from San Diego, tweeted F Elon Musk. And he said, message, what do you, what do you say? Message duly noted or, so, or message received, I think. Now he's going to leave. And now he's tweeting things about taking red pills, which by today's standards could mean a lot of things. But typically, it's going to be political. Check this out. While California is looking to shut down prisons, Tesla is scouting Tulsa and Austin looking for a new factory and may actually relocate. And we're also seeing that Elon Musk is listing a bunch of homes for sale. Now, at first he said he was going to get rid of his possessions. He may just be planning on leaving California one of the worst possible times. Let's read the story about the prisons. Governor Gavin Newsom is proposing uh, to significantly shrink the footprint of California's prison system partly because of massive budget cuts prompted by the pandemic, but also because of philosophy. Oh, because of philosophy, I'm sure. Last year, Governor Cuomo of New York said, God forbid if the rich leave. He was worried because they're facing a major deficit. The wealthy pay so much in taxes, you need them. Guess what? They left. Around 40% of the wealthiest New Yorkers have left. And now, I mean, this is Cuomo's worst fear. He's still trying to extend the lockdown. And I don't know, I don't want to tell you, man, but we can see a real world example of how things fall apart when you try to overtax certain groups or when certain groups just leave. The rich have every opportunity to leave and it's bad for the state. It's, it's kind of unfortunate. I don't blame Cuomo for the pandemic. He certainly has done things poorly. But I, I bring this up to look at now what's happening with California, where they actually propose closing prisons. They say the revised budget he sent to state lawmakers this week envisions closing two state prisons in the coming years, cutting nearly one in five of the 43 inmate firefighter camps and eventually closing all three state-run juvenile prisons. He's also seeking unspecified increases to sentencing credits that allow inmates to leave prison more quickly. And he proposes to shorten parole to a maximum of two years down from five years for felonies and let ex-felons earn their way off supervision for a year uh, or 18 months for sex offenders. The Democratic governor called it a core value of his administration to eliminate prisons and invest more in education. It follows nearly a decade of prison reform in California, starting under Governor Jerry Brown, when the state began keeping less serious criminals in county jails as one way to cut spending during the Great Recession. I think it's incumbent upon us 
to do more and better in the rehabilitative space, Newsom said Thursday. Well, let me make this point. Perhaps he is exploiting the tragedy to push forward Democrat ideas, reforming these prisons, letting prisoners out, things like that. That's possible. He says it's a little bit of both. It could also be that he's using democratic principles as a way to cover up the fact that they're burning through money and chasing away the, uh, the, the billionaires, the people who, uh, who, who provide these jobs. Okay, okay, that, that probably already triggered a whole bunch of leftists provide these jobs. Well, look, Elon Musk has a big factory. He makes a, he makes a lot of money. He makes a lot of money for the state. And he, ma- he runs a manufacturing plant in the state, one of the last automakers in California. I think the last. The last thing they want to do is lose that because he could just up and move the, move, uh, uh, the company. If they're already facing a budget shortfall, whether it's philosophical or not, they're going to take more actions like this. And ultimately, that could result in some really messed up stuff. You know, prison reform is a really, really difficult issue. I think one of the biggest problems we have has nothing to do with closing these prisons. And this is why I think Gavin Newsom is lying. They, if they wanted to get people out of prisons, they could decriminalize many different nonviolent offenses. And that would solve a lot of the problems. They don't. Stands to reason then that the only reason he's want, he wants to set these down is because they don't have any money. When it comes to prison reform, I think we can go a long way in doing a lot of house arrest things like uh, an ankle bracelet in your house, in my opinion, would be much preferable to being in a prison, especially when we consider how, pe- uh, how people get hardened by going to prison. They're separated from society. They, they, they have a hard time getting a job after the fact. And then they're surrounded by other criminals. Doesn't seem to make sense, does it? Perhaps for many nonviolent offenses, we can just tell people you, get, you can't leave your house. Not only that, we can tell people they can't leave their house, but they can still go to their jobs. And if we use things like angle bracelets, then it's, 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 it's a better compromise, in my opinion. I'm not a big fan of tracking people, but you know what they do right now in California? If you're a prisoner, they put you on firefighter duty. That's, <laughs> you risk your life. You'll earn some credits. Man, that's messed up. Let's read a little bit more. They say the proposals drew support from reformers condemnation from crime victims, advocates, and resistance from county officials who said they can't take in the serious juvenile offenders who now go to state-run lockups. Newsom previously won approval to move the Division of Juvenile Justice from the state's adult prison agency to Health and Human Services so it could focus on rehabilitating, rehabilitating youthful offenders. He switched gears Thursday, proposing instead to bar new admissions from counties starting next year. The state would gradually close its juvenile facilities as the current 800 youthful offenders are released or turn 18 and are eventually sent to adult prisons. But similar proposals have failed in the legislature before, and county officials called the new plan unworkable. Those sent to state facilities have the most serious needs, which if left unaddressed pose the most serious risk to our communities, said Brian Richard, president of Chief Probation Officers of California, whose members already handle about 90% of youthful offenders. We are not financially and structurally prepared to do it. I think the issue is letting people out who are committing violent offenses. The reason why I think this is a bad move right now, and I am typically for prison reform, we've seen a whole bunch of jurisdictions let people out of their jails. And what happens? These people immediately go back to committing crimes. Recidivism is a real issue. And then we have to lock them back up. So why let them out in the first place? There's a conundrum around whether or not we can put someone in jail if they may actually contract COVID or something. But this just to me seems like they're panicking because they're losing money. And, and you know, insofar as that pertains to Elon Musk, whatever, I don't know. I thought it was funny because Elon Musk didn't take the red pill. With that, that's, you know, spreading mentality. I, I don't know if Gavin Newsom can, you know, maintain his position. Will, will he get reelected? I, I, sh- I should say. I actually, um, I actually wondered, I did a segment yesterday talking about whether or not California could be re- become a red state. 
And I think it could. And I think this is the reason. You know, if you want to let out people who maybe got busted with, you know, pot or some harder drug, you're going to get a lot of people saying, hey, that's not cool. Let's people out. But what they do here with these blanket, we'll just shut these prisons down. You're going to get a lot of people who are probably nasty, nasty dudes and nasty women back in back into these communities. You are going to see outrage, particularly from the right. But you're going to push a lot of moderates and some moderate leftists to the right. Newsom's administration said counties have plenty of room with about 3,600 young offenders in juvenile halls, camps and ranches range uh, uh, and, and ranches designed to hold 11,200. He proposed proposes annual competitive grants to counties of I don't care about the nitty gritty stuff. Uh, what, what else are you doing? They say his revised budget reflects what California voters have known for a long time. That continued wasteful spending on failed prisons is bad for safety and our budgets, said Jay Jordan, executive director of Californians for Safety and Justice, which pushes for shorter prison sentence. I agree with that. State Senator John Morlack, an accountant and ranking Republican on two corrections oversight committees, welcomed the savings, but said it might be even cheaper to use more private prisons. No, I am not happy with that. Something the state has committed to ending. Prisons are often remote. Uh, prisons are often remote communities' major employer. He cautioned, saying the governor is also imperiling unionized prison employees. That to me is disgusting. It's really messed up that we're like, whoa, whoa, we can't shut these prisons down. People got to eat; they need jobs. Yeah, we got to get our act together, man. Prisons are are disasters. You know, I, I understand there's an issue with like how do we deal with violent offenders and things like that. We got to recognize we need prison reform. It's one of the big, one of the best things Donald Trump has actually done is criminal justice reform. It was praised by both parties. It was a bipartisan effort. California, I don't know what you're going to do, what you're doing, but I'll tell you what. Right now, if the Republicans are concerned that they need revenue for this and need to save money, well, then maybe don't mess with, uh, uh, don't don't enforce strict, ridiculous lockdown orders, violate people's rights, and then chase people away. One of the reasons I wanted to, you know, talk about these two issues with Elon Musk leaving. So we're talking about budget deficits, but we can see what happens because of the lockdown in New York. California, don't do what New York did, or you will see more Elon Musks, more wealthy individuals leave your state and take their money with them. And then you won't have the tax revenue you need to pay for any of this. New York's already got it bad. 40%, it was like 420,000 wealthy individuals. That is going to be bad, bad, bad news for Cuomo, who was already begging them to stay. Now they're going to go to the federal government. They're going to demand a bailout. Trump's probably not going to give it to him. Who knows? And it will only degrade from there. But maybe that's what needs to happen. Maybe it's about time we stop subsidizing these big cities that are facing these massive deficits. You know, I understand the COVID pandemic was bad for all of them, but maybe they should have been prepared. The same is true for all these businesses who don't deserve bailouts, but are being allowed to make all this money and stay open while small business gets crushed. Elon Musk is likely going to leave, it looks like. He's going to take his factory out of California, maybe go to Tulsa, uh, Austin, other cities. And when these jobs leave, that's going to devastate the economy of the area. Look what happened with New York and Ocasio-Cortez and, and Amazon. Don't make these same mistakes. These states got to realize you're, you're supposed to be working with people, not flexing your muscles. But I'll leave it there. Stick around. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. For those that have been watching my other segments, you may have seen the one where I talked about my first segment of the day being censored, being shadow banned. In that segment, I talked about how people were flooding to beaches, defying lockdown orders, and I was worried that YouTube would probably ban the video and they shadow banned it. It didn't appear on my channel. Views were heavily suppressed. So I asked all of you to share it, to counter that. 
And it appears to be working. Eventually, the video was restored. I don't know why it didn't appear. I don't know why it was suppressed. Now it's back. But I bring this up because we now have round two. New York, what do you think you're doing? Bill de Blasio says beaches will not be open on Memorial Day, threatens to close them off with fences as he also hits out at party goers congregating outside bars on the streets of Manhattan. Lockdown is over. I'm not saying it should be over. Calm down, YouTube. I know you already pressed the ban button once. Calm down. I'm saying it is. It's not about advocacy. It's about what people are doing. And it's about you not being able to stop them. Take a look at these photos. First of all, people flood into the beaches. Don't care about your rules. Oh, you're not going to open the beaches on Memorial Day? You are asking for, for a ruckus. I don't want to say riot because these are regular people, but they're going to come out no matter what you do, bro. And they're going to go to their beach. You can't stop them. Again, not advocating for any of that. I'm just saying, I'm pretty sure they're already doing it. They'll keep doing it. And I'll tell you what, these people are not Trump supporters. They look like regular hipster Williamsburg Brooklynites. Look at these photos. People walking on the boardwalk. This guy's got a gas mask on. Check this out. People showing up to bars, crowding the streets. Many are flaunting social distancing rules and not wearing masks. Where is the media to, to decry these horrible MAGA chud Trump supporters who are not? Oh, I'm sorry. They're not. What do you mean? I thought it was the right who was opposing this. You know, it's crazy, man. As it turns out, the Trump supporters and the Trump people ha- were, were, were on the right side of this one as it pertains to popular opinion. The left has gone fringe. They're not representing what people want because even in New York, the, the, the stronghold for liberals, urban liberals, they're showing up, man. They're not even wearing masks. Look at these pictures. Yeah, but a lot of people are. Most people don't care. These crowds are massive. This is the opposite of social distancing. They're social closening. They're social gathering. Fine, I know. Let's read the story. Daily Mail says, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio said Sunday morning, the Big Apple's beaches will not open on Memorial Day, and he's not comfortable with people gathering outside bars. Oh, too bad. He told people they couldn't protest. You know, if people want to, they're going to do it. You can't stop them. After giving updates about the coronavirus in the city, de Blasio addressed questions about the beaches reopening in the city. There's obviously a quote. Here's a quote from him. There's obviously a huge interest in the beaches and the state of uh, in, in the it, there's a huge interest in the beaches and the state of New York has said that different localities can make different choices. And some are deciding in the metropolitan areas to open beaches for Memorial Day, the traditional start of beach season. I've said before, and I'll say it again. We are not opening our beaches on Memorial Day. It is not safe. It is not the right thing to do in the epicenter of this crisis. And you know what? Bill de Blasio, he may be right. I actually think so. I mean, the biggest criticism being levied against Trump, Cuomo, and de Blasio is that they didn't lock down soon enough. So what? If they open things up, everyone will criticize them saying, see, look what you've done. Rock in a hard place, man. But perhaps the real solution at this point, yes, you should have locked down sooner, prevented this from the get-go. At this point, however, everyone having cabin fever and not caring about what you say, your best bet isn't to just sever the tie sever the rope to the, to the people, but to negotiate on something that can make them happier without causing a scene. Perhaps what you should do is maybe set up fences with entry points where you tell people wear masks and social distance. Instead, what he's going to do is he's going to close everything down. People are going to trample over the fence and there will be no rules. 
If you can't lock things down, the compromise makes the most sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By all means, the beaches are open. Everybody have a good time. Social distance. Stay close to, to the people you live with. Wear masks. Do the right thing. People would probably obey being like, yeah, okay, cool. But if you just tell them to F off, they're going to break the rules and they're going to go swimming and you can't do anything about it. <clears throat> they say, uh, New York. <clears throat> the story goes on. New York City was declared the epicenter for the virus in the U.S. mid-March. There are more than 196,000 confirmed cases of the virus with at least 17,780 confirmed deaths and 4,820 4, probable deaths. Here we can see all the photos, but it extends beyond just the beaches. As we mentioned, people are just going to the bars anyway. So it seems like the, the, the point I was making in my earlier video is that the will of the people is what the people will do. And there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, people are getting along just fine. The businesses are opening. You can't stop it. De Blasio said city officials are going to be very smart and careful about reopening and will continue to watch indicators, which don't have us where we need to be yet. After all the progress we've made fighting back this disease, we're not taking that chance, he added. The mayor said he hasn't ruled out beaches reopening later in the summer. De Blasio said walking on beaches is permitted, but if people start to swim or defy social distancing guidelines, then the city will make more drastic, will take more drastic measures and put fencing in place to keep people out, which still won't work. What are you going to do? You're going to arrest. Look at all these people. You're going to arrest everybody. It's not going to work. They need better solutions to this man. They say on Friday, Governor Andrew Cuomo announced that New York state beaches will be open for Memorial Day weekend. Local agencies can decide not to open them. Yeah, yeah, we get this. Let's take a look at what's going on with these bars. People flock to NYC area bars, beaches as quarantine fatigue intensifies. Why don't you do this? Why don't you get in the comments? Tell me what you think about the lockdown so far. My opinion has been the lockdown served its purpose, and it was probably a good thing we did it because you're better safe than sorry. But we're now learning from all of this new data that maybe it's time to reopen and get some sunlight, get some vitamin D. There are many countries that have a lot of sun that haven't seen this kind of impact. And maybe we should look at other countries and how they've succeeded. Look, what do you think? I mean, most of you are probably getting cabin fever. I work from home, so it's not, I haven't noticed it as much as most people. Now, sure, I haven't gone to the movies. We haven't been going out to eat. It's kind of boring. But for the most part, I wake up, I work, I live where I work, you know. So what do you think? That being said, let's keep reading and see what's going on with the New York area bars where people certainly agree with, uh, with each other. They're not going to be locked down anymore. They're partying like it's 2019. Lockdown weary New Yorkers ditched the distancing to get social instead this weekend, transforming parts of the Big Apple into a raucous late season Mardi Gras. That's really interesting. All of these people with cabin fever all going outside at the same time is going to make everything so much worse. This is hilarious. Whereas normally people would could engage in social distancing by locking them up. They have all this pent up frustration. Everybody is desperate to get out. So they all go out at the same time. Now you're gonna have big clusters and huge gatherings. Man, you know what, New York? Huge crowds waited shoulder to shoulder on the boardwalk for their turn to buy beach badges. The line for beach badges was like four non-socially distanced blocks, non-socially distanced blocks long, described uh, one viewer, obscenely packed outside popular bars in the Upper East Side, the Upper West Side, the East and West Villages in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. The Post found booze hounds arriving for the takeout cocktails and then staying and staying to sip drinks on packed sidewalks and soak up the lively scenes. How are you going to drink with a mask on? One reveler, a hairdresser, Akeem Kelly, told the Post, 
His mask dangled below his chin as he stood outside the Upper East Side's popular Dorian Redhand Bar, where crowds exceeding three dozen people, nearly all unmasked, were found in the early evenings of Friday and Saturday. They don't care about us, said Anne Trent, 72, of Manhattan on Saturday. She sat on a bench at the west end of the Brooklyn Bridge as a steady stream of mask-free sightseers and bicyclists passed her by. And she mused, what happened to all of us protecting everyone else? I don't know. People got bored. (laughs) People got bored, I guess. It's kind of funny, man. All of the rage over the Trump supporters who were demanding an end of lockdown. And now what do we get? They don't care. They never cared. Now that it's them in New York, they're going to be like, well, you know, we got to have our drinks, man. It's not fair. We deserve to have drinks. The crowds, which enjoyed enjoyed summer-like weather that climbed to a high of 76 degrees on Saturday, apparently had forgotten that they live in the epicenter of the pandemic, or they just don't care, man. Outside the East Village Social on St. Mark's Place, two guitarists helped kick off the weekend's festivities Friday night by plugging into a portable amplifier and jamming for tips for the gathering crowd. Obviously, too many people, one bartender conceded. Most of the bar-hopping social distance scoff laws who were observed Friday and Saturday were young, and many chose not to wear masks. Are we going to get wave after wave, slamming them, insulting them, calling them idiots, blaming them? You know what, man? I'm sick of it. This is what happens when you don't, when you don't properly approach problems and think about what comes next. You said lockdown. What you didn't think about is what comes after the lockdown. Every single one of these people wants to come out. They come out at the same time and they come out in bigger numbers than they ever would have if you just said social distance. Now they're not even doing that. Well, but how are you supposed to drink if you're in a mask? The one guy says, well, you know what? It's a good point. How about you don't go out and drink? Yeah, but they want to. If they, if, if everything that we did so far, uh, you know, look, I, like, like I said, I think locking down was was the right move simply because we just didn't know. And we were all kind of worried. A lot of people weren't, but most of us were like, Hey, this is going to be serious. Now that we're seeing new data, they should have immediately moved to, to ease up the restrictions much faster than they did. I don't, you know, look, it's tough, man. No matter what they do, someone's going to criticize them. So I think it's, it's, it's hard to figure out what exactly we do. I do know that because of this, we'll likely see more people get sick and then they're going to blame them anyway. So how do you be fair on this one? It's, it's tough. I think I, I don't think we can remain locked down, though, simply because of starvation, um, the collapse of people's businesses. And we don't have a choice at this point. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but the people have spoken. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. It's hard to know where the left currently stands on immigration, because at first the travel ban was bad, but then it was good. They support it. They hate it. They love them. They hate them. OK, I can't tell you what, man. No matter what Trump does, they're going to complain about it. Well, recently, Donald Trump moved to extend border restrictions indefinitely, according to the New York Times. Orders that effectively sealed the United States to migrants seeking protection from persecution would remain in place until a health official declared the virus no longer a threat. Not a big fan of for your safety and once we deem it not to be a threat. Trump doesn't get the benefit Uh, uh, of being able to enforce indefinite lockdowns. Sorry, I'm not playing that game. But something interesting is really happening right now. And we can can, can call this out, we can criticize it, but take a look at this. From Vox.com, U.S. immigration agency could run out of money by the end of summer without a $1.2 billion bailout. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Why is U.S. CIS going to run out of money? 
Um, it's because fewer immigrants are applying to enter the U.S. Donald Trump doesn't even need to put any restrictions on the border. Ain't nobody coming. Nobody wants to come to the, to the virus epicenter. It's working out great for Trump. Let's, let's see what's going on with this story. Vox says, unlike other federal agencies, USCIS receives almost no tax, taxpayer dollars and is dependent upon fees associated with filing applications for green cards, visas, work permits, U.S. citizenship, and humanitarian benefits such as asylum. The pandemic has already brought on a dramatic decrease in its revenues that is only likely to worsen as applications are estimated to drop by about 61% through September. An agency spokesperson said, President Donald Trump's restrictions on immigration, other countries' restrictions on travel, and the fact that necessary government offices aren't open to process applications have all contributed to this decline. So, okay, okay, maybe it was a little, a little exaggerated to say nobody's applying, but that's what they straight up said. It could be because people are in their homes, they're scared. I'm sure immigration in general will go down because people really are concerned with potentially contracting COVID if you come to the U.S. because the U.S. is you know, basically the epicenter. And that could be due to testing. They say to mitigate the budget shortfall, USCIS is planning to implement an additional 10% surcharge on all applications and sought Congress's help on Friday. Uh, BuzzFeed's Hamed Aliaziz first reported, the agency has also already limited spending to salary and mission critical activities, but without congressional intervention, USCIS will have to take drastic actions to keep the agency afloat. They say why they're facing a funding shortfall. Immigration has come nearly to a standstill over the past two months. The Trump administration has shuttered USCIS offices, closed uh, consulates abroad, shut down the borders and, uh, with Canada and Mexico, and imposed a 60-day ban on the issuance of new green cards. Asylum processing at the southern border has also practically stopped as Trump administration officials implemented programs to rapidly return migrants to Mexico with so much, uh, with, without so much as a health exam. While brought on by the pandemic, this kind of decrease in legal immigration is what Trump has long sought. He has railed against what he calls chain migration, referring, oh yeah, we, we know what that is. I'm not going to get into it. USCIS hasn't released data on how many applications it has received since the pandemic started, but has acknowledged applications are on the decline. The latest available comprehensive data from October 2019 to December 2019 had actually shown a spike in applications, more than 1.9 million as compared to 1.7 million in the preceding three months. Applications dipped in March as compared to the same month last year across several temporary visa categories, including visas for people transferring within a multinational company, those who show extraordinary ability or achievement in particular industries, athletes, entertainers, and religious workers. It's likely that applications plunged even further in April as the U.S. instituted immigration restrictions and stay-at-home orders and as economic opportunities dried up. You know what? I think that's it right there economic opportunities. U.S. unemployment is so high right now. Why would anyone bother coming here when there's no work at all? 30, 30, what are we at? 36 million unemployed Americans. Now the opportunity is gone and nobody wants to come. Dare I say, I mean, nationalists should be cheering for this one. Think about it. The borders are secured. Immigration is, is falling apart. Nobody even wants to come here anymore. Trump is bringing back manufacturing to the country. Sounds like nothing but good news for people who wanted all of these things. That's why I think it's funny that people argue that there's a grand conspiracy against Trump, that this is all part of a plot to, to cost him the election. 
It's like he, he's getting to do all of the things he's always wanted to do. I mean, the story from, from the New York Times, he's going, he's going to indefinitely lock down border restrictions. That to me seems crazy. I, I, look, man, they, we, we've seen states issue indefinite lockdowns. I think Maryland might have, might, might have been one of the states that, that has done it. You got to give a time frame. Emergency powers cannot last forever. And Trump needs to be called out for this the same as literally anybody else would be called out for this. In fact, no, Trump deserves substantially more criticism on this one. But to be fair, and one of the challenges in doing the news is they often lie about the president. So that's what makes it difficult to call out. Let's read this and see what's going on. The New York Times reports, the Trump admin is moving to extend its coronavirus border restrictions indefinitely, advancing the crackdown through broad public health authorities that have effectively sealed the United States to immigrants seeking, seeking protection from prosecution, according to officials and a draft of a public health order. On March 22nd, the CDC imposed a 30-day restriction on all non-essential travel into the U.S. from Mexico and Canada, closing legal points of entry. This we know. They go on to say that the order, which was extended for another 30 days on April 20th, was part of a broad effort led by Stephen Miller, St- Stephen Miller the architect of President Trump's immigration agenda, to aggressively use public health laws to reduce immigration as the government battles the virus. But a new order under review by several government agencies is intended to extend the restrictions indefinitely. Once issued by Dr. Robert Redfield, director, the, the director of the CDC, the border restrictions would stay in effect until he decides the virus no longer poses a threat. The indefinite extension comes even as Mr. Trump has repeatedly pushed for states to reopen their economies, arguing that the threat from the virus will quickly recede. I am extending the duration of the order until I determine that the danger of further introduction of COVID-19 into the U.S. has ceased to be a danger to the public health. A copy of the draft order obtained by the New York Times reads. Now, China recently, they lifted the lockdown. Some people came back. People started getting sick again. They put the lockdown back into place. Perhaps this is what Trump is reacting to. And if he didn't, they would call him out. The problem right now with trying to criticize Donald Trump is that no matter what he does, the media always lies about it. Not, 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 not everyone in media, but you know what I'm talking about. The Democrat allies, you never know if what you're reading is going to be real because too many of these mainstream news outlets have been infiltrated by political activists and ideologues. So when I see this story, I have to think to myself, okay, how did they lie about the president? Well, let me tell you right now, it might actually make sense. Just because Trump thinks the states can slowly reopen doesn't mean we should open up our borders to other people who might be sick, who we can't track properly. We don't know where they've been. Makes sense. I don't like the idea of some kind of indefinite at our discretion proposal, though. There should be a 30 day extension followed by a 30 day extension. This is why I think this is ultimately wrong. Now, look, I got I got I got to do this disclaimer. The New York Times could be lying. I've dealt with this before. I've done videos where I'm like, oh man, I can't believe Trump did this. And then 20 minutes later, I'm like, great, it was a lie. Okay, so assuming this is all true, there is absolutely no reason, in my opinion, why we would just do an indefinite detention. If Trump, the uh, the administration wants to secure our borders and it's an emergency provision locking them down, set a time limit. Because if in 30 days, we all can see that there's nothing going on, well, then we reopen. But I'll tell you what, uh, what I love about this country is we have checks and balances. And if in three or four months, everything's back to normal and they refuse to reopen, that's when all the lawsuits come in. We'll see how it plays out. It could be that Trump wins in the end. Still, regardless, we shouldn't have any kind of indefinite emergency powers. That's the meme right now. 
I don't care if it's Trump. I don't care if it's the Democrats. I don't care if it's Pelosi. I believe they would all, given the, oppor- they, they, given the opportunity, take more power, empower themselves. Trump is no exception to this. We've recently seen bipartisan effort to extend FISA, uh, FISA spying powers. And I love this. It was like voted on 80 to 16 bipartisan support in the Senate to, to, uh, on FISA surveillance uh, authority. Even after it was abused to go after Trump, the Republicans still want to push this through. That's why I don't care for either party. I care for very few. Of course, Rand Paul made the right choice. Bernie Sanders was nowhere to be found. There was another bill mostly supported by uh, Democrats that would remove the ability of the FBI, I believe the FBI, to get your browser history without a warrant. Mostly Democrats who supported revoking this power. Many Republicans supported revoking it as well, but most of the the people who supported keeping these powers were Republicans. So it goes every direction, man. You need to call this out. The Trump administration should not have the ability to do this the same as the governor should not have the ability to indefinitely lock anything down. Because if you don't do this, guess what happens? Yeah, maybe Trump wins 2020, gets reelected, and then maybe some weirdo progressive gets reelected and then issues a decree opening the borders indefinitely. And no one can do anything about it because it'll be the the precedent is upon us. Now, I get it. It doesn't necessarily work that way with executive orders. The courts will still exist. That's why I'm happy about it. But you got to avoid this precedent being set. It will carry on. You will. It will be 50 years from now and things will just be they get worse. It's grains of sand making a heap. It's a slippery slope. We resist these these things. I'll leave it there. Stick around. Thanks for hanging out. Next segment will be tomorrow at 10 a.m. on this channel. And I will see you all then.